I just want to, I guess, uh, say before I begin that um, my this paper today is based on um, about 17 months of field work I did in Pa'an in Koran State. Um, um, and I guess part of what brought me to Pa'an was I spent some time in Mesot and I was really interested in actually the communities of people who had grown up um, under the regime uh, because in somewhere like Mesot it's painted in a very particular light. Um, and I think that for young people who haven't necessarily directly experienced conflict, their perception of the state is quite different. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm giving like a, a more sort of hopeful vision, um, but that's not to say that um, the experiences of sort of what we've heard before me uh, are not valid. And, um, and I think there's still a lot of, um, you know, problems in, um, that the that Korean people are facing um, as across all of Myanmar in this moment. Um, so, um, and also as like a PhD student, I'm still <laughs> working out my presentation sort of <laughs> abilities and I'm not quite as good as some of our last presenters, so I apologize, I will be reading from a paper. Um, so in the last five years in Myanmar, um, there's been major social, political and economic transformations, as we all know. Um, and much discussion about these changes has talked about the idea of hope. Um, hope for the country's economic development, hope for peace, um, and especially hope for young people and fu future generations. I think people's understandings of themselves always contain a dimension of hope and aspiration. In researching the lives of young people, in particular in Koran State, I'm interested in the way hope is enacted in everyday life, connected both to individual agency, but also in changing collective notions of what the good life is. Understanding these hopes uh, reveals the ways in which certain conceptions of morality and goodness animate individuals' quests for um, self-transformation. Based on 17 months of fieldwork in Pa'an, Koran State, um, in this paper I'm going to explore the broadening of hope in Pa'an through new educational sites. Um, and so this paper explores the role of hope through one particular um, English learning centre, which I spent um, nearly my whole time um, affiliated with, to some extent, teaching English um, and following the lives of its students. Um, so it looks at how this kind of particular space creates new aspirations towards upward social mobility, um, and social moral understandings of what it means to be a productive member of society. Capitalising on hope as a tool for expanding the horizons of a life world and orientations towards the future. Um, I'll be drawing on uh, an anthropologist named Hiroko Miyazaki's um, concept of hope as a method of knowledge production. Um, and I'll, in this paper, demonstrate how hope should be analysed as both the forward-looking stance but also the Blockian not yet, um, like as a value-making process anchored in concrete practices. Hope is motivational, aspirational, and geared towards potentialities, possibilities, and perceptions of our future selves. But also, I will demonstrate that the effects of such economic and political change are unstable and unpredictable, um, and this sort of inherent cruelty, um, as some anthropologists have said, in hope. Uh, so to go to Pa'an, um, Koran State, uh, contemporary Pa'an for me has presented a really interesting and unique setting to consider the dynamics of hope. After decades of intractable ethno-national conflict, military rule and economic stagnation, the attendant social, political and cultural shifts of the last five years are leading to significant changes. 
shaped by the perception of new opportunities and desires which sit outside the agricultural realm as a result of increasing exposure to Facebook, cinema, advertising. Pa'an acts as a centre which lures people because of their desire for upward social mobility. In Pa'an, one of the major changes, as I've already said, um, has been the re-establishment of private education centres, which under the um, military regime they weren't allowed. Um, so these are two of the groups, um, Education Gathering Group and Gateway Learning Centre, and there's a few others um, um, which um, I've spent time with as well. Uh, so alongside private high schools, which focus on preparing um, young people for their matriculation exams, there are an increasing amount of these English learning centres which have been established catering to the large and growing youth population in Pa'an, and their demand and desire for an education that improves their chances for a brighter future, as um, it says here, Gateway is the foundation for a bright, brighter future. Mixing social development with entrepreneurship, they provide opportunities in Pa'an for young people to be trained in an array of skills, um, so alongside English. So that includes like computer skills, resume writing, public speaking, um, development, um, sort of training and leadership skills as well. Um, these spaces also create new forms of belonging, ways of relating to others, and the wider social and cultural worlds they inhabit, and importantly, new hopes, desires, and social imaginaries for the future. When I arrived in Pa'an in February 2015, it didn't take long for me to, be, uh, to meet the teachers at one of the English learning centres in town and some of their affiliated students. This centre was teaching its second batch of students, and they had asked me to assist with their speaking modules. A number of the alumni from the first batch continued their affiliation with the school. As graduates of their English school and now first year university students, there was a real sense of anticipation for their future. This was further heightened by the ongoing changes around them in Pa'an related to the broader transition in Myanmar. I remember first meeting Anjor at his teacher's house one evening in early March. Their house was rarely empty at night, a site for their students to play chin loan, cane ball, eat, study, gossip, sing karaoke, watch movies and just hang out. We had already finished eating kuren soup, dalapo, and around seven of us lay on bamboo mats in the entrance room to their house, watching a movie on the large white screen their teacher had hooked up. A few of the boys sat behind us playing on their phones and gradually moved outside as they be became bored with the movie. On my way out of the house to return home, I noticed them sitting on their motorbikes, chatting intensely to each other. I asked, what are you guys talking about so secretly? Your chitu, your girlfriends? No, they replied, laughing at me. We are talking about our future. One of them, Anjo, continued, we hope we can get the good future, just like our teachers. If we stay here in Pa'an, we can never get the good chance. Gate um, our school is our only hope for the future. A few days later, I was sitting down with Anjo, and he talked further about these hopes. We were at a small roadside store um, outside of Pa'an eating lunch. Um, he said to me, Before, being young in Karan State is just like a life without curry. Just like eating this rice, rice with napi, fish paste. It is okay, but it is not very tasty. In this time, many people have to go to Thailand. The young people think there will be a lot of good curry in Bangkok. But actually, there is only rice and napi for them too. Now we have a lot of opportunities. A lot of different curries. The teachers at my school, they raised me up a lot, not only in my English skills, but also how to believe in myself and how to build a bright future. A life without curry is a metaphor which refers to the predicament of young Karen people living 
in current state, where rampant poverty of life prevents that process of social becoming or hoping or imagining for a positive future for oneself. In Thailand, the situation can be perceived as the same, in a position where one is unable to improve oneself or one's life prospects. Most of the time I spent in Pa'an, I, sat, I saw Ong Jo, and over time we talked at length about how his hopes and dreams for the future, for a new kind of life, as he told me. Ong Jo grew up in a large town in Koran State, approximately one hour north of Pa'an. While this area had be, once been a hotbed for armed conflict between the Tatmadaw and the KNU, by the time he was born in 1998, government forces had near full control of the town and its surrounding villages. He told me that whilst his parents always supported his education, they faced many problems because of their constant accumulating debt. He also felt that they didn't appreciate education in the same way he did, as they had never had the opportunity for ed formal education beyond grade three, as many of my friend's parents were in the same situation. Growing up in the midst of conflict between the KNU and the Myanmar army, he told me, his father was strong and brave. He is skilled in the old ways, but not like we need to be for the future. Also, my mother, she is very kind and has a good heart, but she doesn't know very much. She only knows Karen. Angjo is part of a new generation of youth in Karen State with the ability to pursue education beyond primary or middle school. For many, the educational needs of this generation of young men and women has been buttressed by those living and working in precarious conditions in Thailand. This education in turn distinguishes them linguistically, culturally and morally from their parents' and grandparents' generation. Similarly, their aspirations, goals and sense of the future is noticeably different to those older than them. Attending this school in Pa'an whilst living with his uncle fundamentally altered Angjo's life and his socio-moral values in many ways. Constitutive of a pedagogical project, hope is an emotion that the teachers at this school have deliberately sought to cultivate in their students in order to motivate them into study. They engage in the ethical imagination and provide new horizons for forms of relationality and technologies of the self. Furthermore, they draw on the success of other young people like Angdor to represent the affective experiences of hope. So approximately eight months after I met Ang Jor, um, he and another student was actually awarded uh, a scholarship to uh, go to the US for sort of like a leadership camp. Um, when Ang Jor was in uh, the US, he spoke every day on Messenger to his friends, describing the different activities and experiences he was a part of. This arranged from zip lining in national parks in Indiana to spending time visiting the various monuments in Washington, D.C. Um, and he was particularly impressed by the playgrounds in the U.S. because um, playgrounds in around Korean State, are, well, they don't really have playgrounds, so he started to build playgrounds as part of, um, since he's returned. Um, he, his experience inspired many of his friends who told me, we hope we can also get this chance. For Angdor, the school's ideology of hope and the capacity to aspire through education promises a more secure future for Koran people whose ability to navigate the post-school life is often precarious. The school orients aspirations of hoping towards particular ends, critiquing the status quo that often renders young Koran people as uneducated migrants or soldiers, as was often the case in the past. This notion is epitomised in many of my friends' desires to study abroad, becoming the means by which their future potential selves are able to support their families, as well as gain social wealth. So, but in order to explain how a focus on the hopes of young people might lead to a new way of approaching the wider transformation, we also need to consider the cruelty 
um, of hope. So I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit. Um, the distinction between hope that is realizable and one that is not simply a matter of the application of critical knowledge um, is important to consider. Indeed, for most people, their ability to impact on, the critical no on their critical knowledge largely depends on their capacity to act and their surrounding social environment. Um, take, for example, another one of my student friends um, who, at the beginning of my fieldwork, also had the same sense of hope and anticipation for a future successful self. He told me that spending time with the teachers and, st for, and students from this school made him feel hopeful and excited for the future. He told me, when I'm at school, I think I can have a good life for my future. However, two years um, after meeting him, upon failing his second year of university um, and several scholarship examinations for study abroad, his life um, is increasingly characterised by precariousness, partly because his parents um, are increasingly pushing him to uh, move to Thailand to help support the family. Um, so while Somo continues to orient himself towards the future through the deployment of critical knowledge, his continued failings to achieve certain objectives tempers his ability to engage hope as an actual method, a means to secure a possible future towards hope as a goal or ultimate end, a future which is increasingly less likely to materialise Instead, family debt, wide-scale unemployment and an abysmal healthcare system erode young people's ability to hope within the arc of their lifetime for agentive empowerment and the ability to take charge of their fate. Indeed, hope becomes less a means than an end when your life is governed by moral possibilities that are not of your own making. There is no denying that the transition to democracy in Myanmar has ushered in new ways of thinking, expanded notions of motivation and agency and hope, However, as has been noted by many political commentators, increasingly this transition can be characterised or framed by uncertainty and unpredictability. This is especially the case for ethnic minority communities who have spent decades in the crossfire between government armed forces and armed rebellions and are yet to secure a peace agreement with the government. In contrast to the strong sense of political conviction in the lead-up to the election, and the subsequent euphoric expectations of a new era of peace, democracy and prosperity, one year on the overall perception amongst many people is a growing unease about what the future holds. As so, so Mo related to me recently, now I'm not so sure of this idea about hope for me. There is still a lot of problems and not many chances for young people. How can we have hope when even all of this change does not change anything at all? Thank you.